Hello guys, Jonathan here from Arcade Repair Tips. We would just like to take a moment and thank you for listening to the audio replay of the live show here on the podcast feed. We'd also like to remind you to join our live show on the first Thursday night of every month at 5.30 p.m. Central Time. It's always a great time and we enjoy interacting with people just like you in our live chat. So be sure to make plans to be there for the next one. Remember also that we have an after show that takes place immediately after the live show. And if you'd like to listen to the audio from that, you will need to check it out on our YouTube page, which can be found at youtube.arcaderepairtips.com. So let us continue on with a short word from our sponsor, and then we'll get to the episode. Broadcasting from their world headquarters in Texas, it's the Arcade Repair Tips Live Show. The show that discusses arcade repair, restoration, news, and more. Now, here are your hosts, Tim and Jonathan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 73 of the Arcade Repair Tips Live show for March 2023. My name is Jonathan Leung. I'm the producer, director, and editor here at the Arcade Repair Tips video series. And joining me today, as always, on a very special day, his birthday, (laughs) is Mr. Arcade Repair Tips himself, Tim Peterson. Tim, happy birthday! Well, thank you, Jonathan. Thank you for... um decorating and for going Here, all out. I got to uh, wait for a second. You know that uh, <laughs> as you get older, birthdays don't become as significant, but today certainly has been a special day. A lot of people uh, commented on our Facebook post and my personal Facebook page uh, more than I could ever answer in a day's time. So thank you for everybody for the birthday wishes. You know, I guess uh, that one time of year, everybody does. Everybody wants to feel special for one time. So definitely have made me feel that way today. So thank you very much. Awesome, Tim. Well, we are so glad that you guys are joining us this evening, and I'm glad that Tim decided to do this on his birthday. I gave him an option, and he said he wanted to be here with you guys, which I think says a lot about what he thinks about everybody in the audience. Right. So, yeah. yeah and you're mm-hmm. dedicated, for well, sure. For sure. That... So, I, I looked ahead to next year, and it looks like my birthday will fall on a live show next year. Oh, good. So, there okay. you go. So, I mean, so we both get the treatment at some point, but uh, <coughs> today is Tim's day, so we're celebrating, guys. If you want to wish Tim a happy birthday, and you're watching this live, you can, of course, do that in the live chat, and you can also to leave any comments or questions you have in there as well. We are so glad that you're here with us this evening. Now, I will give a little warning here up front in that um, everybody may be, um, may be worried about weather here. Okay? Yeah. So we yeah. are under a tornado watch currently, and so if that watch turns into a warning, then we are going to... Uh, we may have to do other things in order to keep the stream up, or we may just record it and put up later. So if you are watching this, hopefully we'll get through the entire live show with no issues, but you just never know what happens. Of course, weather is always an issue. So if the internet goes down or we lose electricity, we'll try our best to just keep rocking along without you guys and then post it at a mm-hmm. later date. But hopefully that won't happen, Tim. Hopefully yeah. everything's <laughs> going to go well. We're not going to have any issues, and we're going to get through this live show relatively unscathed. For so. uh, longtime fans of the show, you might remember we were shooting a video one time when yep. a bad storm rolled up and the power went out and stuff. So it's not uncommon here in the springtime in Texas and probably where a lot of you are from, too, also. So, you know, these storms kind of come up and they come fast and come through. So hopefully uh, we'll be unscathed tonight and uh, survive another uh, Texas storm. Absolutely. Now, Tim, before we get started into the outline, I'm going to go over to the live chat because we already have people wishing you a happy birthday. Okay, thank you, guys. Okay, so we got Encores Arcade says, Happy birthday, Tim. Hope you get all the tokens you can spend. <laughs> so there you go. Um, 
Let's see. Derek says, happy birthday, Tim. Uh, Real Hammer Billy Lee says, happy birthday, Tim. Uh, Mr. Dwayne says, happy birthday, Tim. Thank you, guys. We got uh, Hayesville Arcade says, happy birthday uh, from Hayesville Arcade in Kansas. Uh, Robbie says, happy birthday. And Steve says, happy birthday. Wow. Thank you, guys. (laughs) So you're getting a lot of happy birthdays. It is. Um, And if I just had a token for every year, I would be pretty set for at least (laughs) an hour or so, you know? (laughs) <laughs> that is true. Now, guys, the great news is that we have a whole lot outline filled out, just like we normally do, of great questions from you guys that we'll be answering tonight. But we do want to remind you again that you can always interact with us during the show during the live chat. Now, if you're watching this after the fact, or maybe you're listening to this on the audio feed and would still like to interact with us, you can always leave the comments on this video as well, and we will get to those. Or you can send email at questions at arcaderepairtips.com. Now, Tim, we did have a contest last month. We did. Okay, and we gave away a Mike and the Mechanics tape and a cassette player. Right. Um, So somebody won that, but I have not heard back from them yet okay okay so i sent email out and they did not respond so i am going to just put it out here in case they are watching this and so when you enter the contest guys it's really great if you go ahead and put your shipping address in the email too so i can just ship it out yeah um but this person just entered the contest that's fine but i am looking for ron ron phillips ron if you're watching this you won the contest from last month for the cassette player and the mic and mechanics tape but i do not have a shipping address for you so please send it to questions at arcaderepairtips.com so we can ship that out to you tim we do ship our stuff Everybody yes. knows that. So when we do the giveaways, you know, we've had people win in the past. And so, Ron, you won this time, but I need your shipping address. Please send it to us at your earliest convenience. And, Tim, we will be giving away something tonight as well. Oh, okay. But it's one of Tim's gifts. No. Oh. So, not, well, not your <laughs> gift specifically. He will be getting something that you will have a chance to win. Wow. So we will talk about that once you open up the present. So okay. That's a little teaser. We'll do presents here in a little bit. Or present. Just one. Sorry. That's all right. I did decorations. You get one present. I'm I'm very good with anything. But I did buy you dinner. You did? And so uh, we had Wingstop. Very good dinner. Right? Wingstop. Wingstop is really good. If you're from Texas or anywhere in the surrounding area, you've probably Uh heard of Wingstop. It's uh, partially owned by Troy Aikman, right? I I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So really good wings. Uh, We like chicken wings, right, Uh Tim? Of course. Absolutely. So, but um, hopefully you've had a good day. Otherwise, you said you had a a free lunch, too? Yeah. My uh, employer emailed me and said, happy birthday. Make sure and eat lunch on us today. So I was like, well, that was nice. And I did. There you Mm -hmm. go. More so, of a brunch, but it was good. Absolutely. Well, you see, he's already had a good day, but we're going to have an even better one as we go through <laughs> these questions. We're going to be picking his brain like we always do. Uh, Tim, one, uh, we have a Steve says happy birthday, Tim, and Joe Holt says happy birthday as well. Thank so. you, guys. We, I really do appreciate it. Okay, well, I think we've got all the happy birthdays out of the way. we got mm-hmm. all the kind of, you know, uh, just set up stuff kind of taken care of. So let's move into some questions. Let's go. That's why people watch, right? All right. Okay, oh. Let me say this too, real quick. On the last live show, guys, if you go back and watch that one, you'll notice that I added chapters to that video to where you could jump to the each question. Uh, like, oh. just, yeah, so you could just jump to the question that you got. I so if you're know. watching this and you're like, hey, um, Johnson sent me an email that they answered our question on air, but I'm not sure where they answered it. I'm going to try to put those chapter breaks in every live show going forward. So that way, if you're just looking for the response to your specific question and I sent you an email saying it would be on this show... You can find it just by going through the chapter list. So exactly. Hopefully, that hopefully I can get around to doing that on this one as well. But anyway, let's move on, Tim. Our first question is from Matt, and he says, "Hello, <coughs> I have a couple of arcade machines that I'm desperately I desperately need help with. I have a Big Buck Hunter Pro by Raw Thrills that needs the monitor serviced because the guns do not calibrate to the machine. I've also got a Toy Soldier claw machine that the claw does not close when dropped. Okay. Any help would be great." Thanks, 
Matt. So Tim, not a whole lot to this. Um, pretty basic issues here. We have a big Buck Hunter Pro where the guns will not calibrate. Okay, right. so that's number one. Number two is a toy soldier claw machine, which you're probably familiar with. Yes. These are pretty common crane machines. And it sounds like the claw is dropping, but, but it's it not closing. closing. Okay. Right. Which is very common for crane machines as a whole. So let's take the first one there, Tim, about the Big Buck Hunter Pro. What does he need to do in order to get his guns calibrated properly? Well, he mentioned that it was a mo- he thought it was a monitor issue, and it very well could be, sure, um, because uh, that will affect your guns a lot. So, but before I would just uh, rule out the guns, I would turn up the brightness or the contrast to where it's really pretty bright, and see if that makes a difference. If it has, then yeah, you probably need to get your monitor. Uh, to work, you know, to, in order for your guns to calibrate. But a lot of times, uh, those guns take a beating. They do. And, um, you know, we've tried, when I had that game on location, we tried everything to keep the guns from hitting the ground. You notice, you guys have probably went and played that game, the gun's sitting on the ground. Yep. Well, it's sitting on the ground because somebody probably threw it down. So, I wouldn't rule out that there's a problem with the wiring or any of the internal parts of your gun. So, one of the best things to do is to go ahead and take it apart and make sure that there's a little LED at the end of a little board. Sometimes those legs get broke or need re- an optical sensor. Thank yeah. you. Uh, that it looks like an LED. It does look like an LED. And so you need to make sure that those are good and soldered and there's no problem. It also can just get turned where it's not pointing straight. Right. And that will affect your calibration and stuff. So, you know, just a little bit of troubleshooting there. I would definitely take the gun apart. Uh, once you've done it plenty of times, you kind of know, but what I used to do is I would take lots of pictures because there's different size screws in that gun. And, or when I take them out, I would set them up right above where I took it off. I'd be very careful about opening that thing just and uh, make sure it's good and clean in there. I've seen tons of gun issues and I would say it's probably 50, 50, about 50, 50, percent of the time you're right when the monitor it's already looking wash and stuff it probably is a problem but uh the other 50 percent of the time maybe more it's the gun issue so a lot of times just stuff broke moved uh those circuit boards go bad uh so i would try try working both ends of that not just assuming it's a monitor but so i would work on dialing in the contrast and everything make it as good a picture as you can so if the picture looks good it's probably not your monitor if you're having some picture issues you're going to need your monitor repaired anyway so why not go ahead and get your monitor fixed and then we can look at your guns if that's the issue also we should also say tim that if somebody tried to replace this monitor with an lcd that your guns may not work yeah so that will help that will happen sometimes with optical guns is that somebody thinks that they can just swap out the monitor for an lcd and not and take out the crt but with optical light guns that's not the case you need to have either like an infrared style light gun or like a potentiometer based light gun to work with an lcd monitor but big buck counter pro originally shipped with a crt and those guns are probably crt based as well right Tim? probably so <laughs> Uh, so make sure that you still have the original CRT in there. I think that's that's pretty important. And also, uh, we have an entire post and video on troubleshooting light gun issues that you need to check out. And, just, and it shows a lot of the stuff that Tim just talked about. Right. So make sure you check that out. Now, on the toy soldier, Tim, uh, we it's a crane machine. Yeah. Crane's coming down. It's just not closing. No tension on the spring. Something like that. What's going on with this toy soldier crane? So the way that those work is when they hit an object, it usually triggers a switch, which sends a little voltage to a coil up inside of there 
So we want to make sure that we're actually getting voltage to the coil. We sure. could have a bad coil, or but a lot of times I, on that particular game, it's a 48 volt line from the power supply. So you got to check your voltage there to make sure you're actually getting. Uh, that's quite a high power compared to a lot of stuff that we work on, even a 24 volt uh, coil. This is a 48 volt line, so that's a pretty strong, powerful. Um, voltage coming off there and there's a fuse that's related to it so sometimes the fuse will blow and then it won't work because you don't have that cycle completed um, but then we also need to look at the coil itself the windings and stuff are bad of all the abuse that it takes from going up and down and in and out in and out um, just like a pinball coil though it works very similar in other words uh, you know how you can tell when a flipper is bad because it kind of gets stuck and it's going in and out of the coils very hard because it's uh, swollen, I guess is the best way to say it. So if that any of that's going on and that coil's not moving in and out, it's probably a bad coil. So those are just a couple things to check. Now there's also a couple pots that you can adjust the strength, I guess is the best way to say it. It's really, it's the amount of voltage that you're getting there that allows it to grip for how long. Uh, you might check VR1 and VR2 to also see if that helps or makes any kind of difference at all. Sounds good, Tim. Well, let me go ahead and put up this slide here for Matt so we can kind of summarize what we talked about. Uh, let's start with the Big Buck Hunter Pro here. Make sure you've adjusted your monitor properly. Sometimes you may need to turn up the brightness and contrast more than what looks good in order to get the guns to work. We've exactly. talked about this before, Tim. Sometimes you have to overbright them just a bit, not too much, in order to get the guns to work. It could also be caused by problems with the gun, like Tim mentioned. And all of that, a lot of the stuff that Tim talked about is in our post and video on troubleshooting light gun issues, which we highly recommend checking out. On the Toy Soldier Crane, Tim mentioned, let's just start with the basic stuff, okay? 48-volt line. Make sure that that power supply has the 48-volt line and that it's it's uh, getting good voltage to the coil. There's a fuse for that coil, Tim, as well that mm -hmm. needs to be checked to make sure that, that that is good. As long with the coil, like you mentioned, you can check the coil with some continuity tests. Make sure that it is working properly and check all the connections to that coil. And Tim also mentioned the VR1 and VR2 pots, which are basically tension pots. They kind of they kind of control the voltage or how much grip strength you know you have with the exactly. with the different um, with the different controls. And so you know, make sure that those are dialed in properly as well. Uh, Tim, do you have anything else for Matt before we move on here? No, I think we've, we've covered those. He'll, he'll go back and look at those posts. Will really help him, especially the one about troubleshooting light guns. But of course, if he gets into it and he finds something else or different. Uh, send us some specific pictures of your machine might help. But if you got any more questions, just uh, email us again, and we'll be glad to take it a step further if need be. Sounds good. So, Matt, hopefully that answers your question, and good luck getting both your Big Buck Hunter Pro and your Toy Soldier Crane back up and running. Uh, Tim, you know, cranes are big money makers for operators typically, mm -hmm. and so making sure that you have a good working crane is very important, especially that Toy Soldier, Tim, that's a very popular model among a lot of people. So. Yes. Okay, Tim, I'm going to come over to the um, live chat real quick. Joe says, best Mike and the Mechanic song. I barely remember the name of the group. Tim should sing it. <laughs> well, if it wasn't for well, copyright, I would have Tim sing it. Yeah, Plus, it's his birthday. And it's I don't a wanna... copyright issue for exactly, sure. Exactly, yeah. I, I don't want to embarrass him. But uh, we talked about it a little bit. Yeah. Um, you would need a miracle. Pretty... Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> to Silent Running in. is pretty good. All I need is a, a miracle. The Living there, Years. There was the one that I said, and you didn't recognize right. it. And I, I was remember. like, oh, yeah. I can't remember now. But was it Taken In Again? I can't remember. And I really like that. That's one of my favorites, and it's probably not their most most popular one. I bet number one is Silent Running. Or maybe yeah. The Living Years. I don't know. But uh, we, we do want to um, 
earlier we mentioned that the person who won that did not uh, was it Ron? Ron, right? So I um, so make sure you email us a question so I can get that out to you. Questions at arcaderepairtips.com. Uh, Nate says happy birthday, Tim. Thank you, Nate. There we go. Big D Retro says hello, guys. Just jumped in, busy restoring two cabinets. Uh, just curious regarding bezels surrounding the Williams coin return. I noticed the other day that some of the some are plastic and others are metal. Which are more common? I thought all were plastic. Um, in our experience, Tim, I think plastic's probably the more common of the two. And you know what he's talking about. Yeah. That's the, the bezel, this one doesn't have it, but um, these two don't have it. The but plastic like, shroud around like where your red, coin goes yeah, in, where your red, red coin return button. Yeah, that black part around there. Right, that little almost, it looks like a border <laughs> it is a bezel technically. Uh-huh. Plus plastic's definitely more common, but you can see on these midway cabinets it's got these metal uh, these metal returns and things like that. Yeah. So I mean you won't it just depends on the game for the most part. But if you're thinking of things from the nineties or late 80s i think most of the time you're gonna see plastic on that yeah i would think so once that become popular and a lot cheaper absolutely originally and they may have had some of that and i don't know that i can think of particular so maybe somebody's got a williams game in the in the chat want to check and see what yours is now i've got one over there if you want to go check it out yeah we can go look over there real quick i'm not sure i think it has plastic i can hang on (laughs) out of curiosity now i'm pretty sure it's plastic I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So, I mean, but it just depends. Every cabinet is different. But I, re- I definitely remember seeing plenty of metal ones, and sure. you're right, um, because we've restored games that detail where we actually took them out, took them apart, and painted them. Yep. Uh, usually, if they were plastic, we would just replace them, but with the metal ones, we would re- repaint them. I've seen... I've seen a good majority of both. When you're doing coin door restores, you're going to take a lot of that stuff out and paint it. So anything that's metal, you'll paint. Most of the plastic pieces, if they're readily available, you're going to replace, right? Yeah, Because they just get the worn. Time. I was about to say, they get worn out after, just over time. So, but yeah, I mean, you can kind of see a mix. On most modern games, though, I think we're looking at plastic. Anything made in the late 80s and forward, for the most part. There may be some metal ones here and there. But, um, you know, metal's expensive. Plastic was cheaper, you mm-hmm. know, after a while. And so, that you know, they just went with plastic, I think, just for cost, if nothing else. So, for sure. Okay, Tim, I think we're caught up on the live chat. So let us continue on here with our next question from Cameron. And they say, Hello, I was wondering if you could help my friend and I identify a part from a 1980s cocktail cabinet for a Miss Pac-Man. He has been repairing his, but we have run across a part and we are unsure what it is. I have a few suspicions, but I can't find any info on this part online to be sure. So I was wondering if you guys would maybe be able to recognize it. Right. I'll be attaching a few photos of it. We greatly appreciate your help. Thanks for your time, Cameron. Now, Tim, I've got the the um, the part in question. Uh-huh. And most of the people who are watching this probably are looking at this and already know what it is. For sure. Our chat room, I'm sure, already knows. Yeah. So for those of you guys who are listening on the um, audio feed, it is just a, it's kind of like a metal piece, just a piece of metal with like a yellow wrapping Flat. on it. Yeah. Okay. And these are found commonly in Pac-Man games. Tim, what is this metal piece of metal with the yellow wrapping on it supposed to do? What is it called and what <laughs> are we supposed to do with it? Well, that would be the grounding strap. And it's common, very common especially in those games, um, to make sure that your ground that your cabinet is grounded. Uh, I can also I can think about being an arcade an arcade a lot of times you don't, don't run in high voltage up there, but you are running like we talked about a coin door and things like that. And if they're not grounded, sometimes you'll get a little bit of shock or right. something from that. Sure. So that's what we're trying to keep from happening. We're trying to in those games, they run ground straps everywhere. So evidently, before 
uh, Pac-Man come out, you had a lot of older games. They, they must have shocked somebody pretty good because they made sure that Pac-Man were very grounded. Absolutely. And so these are thicker, longer metal ones that just really provide a good ground. Now today we just use a simple wire or something to run an extra wire up there, usually a ground wire. But this is very common during that time to use those. So uh, they're thick, they're good, they're they're great to have. Uh, but, you know, I've also seen extra ones just kind of laying in the bottom of the cabinet. I didn't exactly know where they went, but the game seemed pretty grounded. If you're not having any issues, don't sweat it too bad. Absolutely. So we are going to be, there's a little teaser, Tim. We are going to be talking a little bit more about grounding later on in the episode. We got another question about that. But let's go ahead and look at what we wrote up here for Cameron. So like Tim mentioned, this is a grounding strap. It is a common part found in most Pac-Man cabinets, midway cabinets even, Tim. We've seen a lot of midway cabinets. It usually starts where the earth ground comes into the cabinet. And Tim, I think the most common uh, place would be attached under a screw uh, where the fl- where the floor ground is attached to uh, on the AC line filter. I've seen this before where it's like you've got the AC line filter there, you've got the ground coming in from the plug attached to that, and then you have this grounding strap connected with it a lot Correct. of times. So that way it's all grounded through the, the floor ground, mm-hmm. through the plug. So... So that's very common for it to be there. Then it connects to pretty much anywhere that has metal. Tim mentioned it. Control panel, coin door, monitor frame, speaker base, uh, power switch base at the top of the cabinet. Wherever there's metal in the cabinet, this grounding strap is going to go. Like Tim mentioned, sometimes over time, these things will just fall off. Okay, right. and It doesn't necessarily mean that the game's not working. Of course, you want to be careful that that doesn't touch anything for shorts. That's a different thing. But it is common to see them come off over time. Uh, this is to keep the cabinet obviously grounded for safety purposes purposes like tim mentioned we don't want players getting shocked when they're playing that's important so of course you don't have to use this thick yellow strapping to do this kind of grounding you can use any long wire with a thick enough gauge and we would say like 18 or lower would be pretty good on the gauging uh and it would accomplish the same thing and like tim mentioned in newer games a lot of times you'll see like an 18 gauge green wire right that just has like a uh, little like circle terminal on it Mm -hmm. that will connect to a screw on the control panel you won't see this real thick ground strapping like what we have here but the ground strapping like you mentioned tim they wanted to make sure that nobody was going to get shocked whenever they whenever they played this game, right? Yeah, and you just about can't have too much grounding. There's no such thing. I mean, it's like everywhere there's grounds that go, that's a good thing. And it helps your game and help your board and your monitors and everything. So grounding is good. Um, like I said, just want to make sure that your games are grounded. And that starts, we always use the phrase the ASAP approach or always start at power. So from the plug in the wall, even your wall plug itself, is it grounded properly? I have seen those where they were bad. It wasn't the game's fault. It was the actual plug in the wall. So make sure that your games are grounded good, especially anytime you're in there. It won't hurt to run an extra ground strap or two, but uh, just make sure that, and if you're ever finding where you just feel that tingle, maybe it's not a hard shock or anything, but you're getting some residual electricity coming back or you just can feel it, you know, kind of get that magnetic type feel, you know. Um, check your grounding if you're having any kind of issues like that. And uh, by all means, if it's shocking you for any reason, you probably do have a, some kind of grounding issue. Sounds good, Tim. Well, th- thank you, Cameron, for your question. Hopefully that answers it. Hopefully you now know what a ground strap is. And yeah. you can uh, continue to restore this 1980s Pac-Man cabinet and uh, maybe get some good grounding in there as well. So. 
Okay, Tim, let me come back over to the live chat real quick. Um, yeah, Joe says you can't ha- you can't ground enough, like okay. you said, Tim. Uh, let's see, Hayesville Arcade, um, just got a two-slot Neo Geo. What are your guys' thoughts about the MVS cabinets? Have you owned one or worked on one before? A lot of them. Yes. <laughs> um, we love the MVS cabinets. They're really great because you can have one cabinet that plays, you know, one, two, or four games. The cartridges are easy to swap. Um, they can be a headache to work on uh, just from, you know, like the boards themselves, not the cabinets, but mm-hmm. the boards themselves. I know just from, you know, friends who work on them that they can be a little tricky sometimes. But they're plentiful. Uh, when our good friend Mark went to Korea, Tim, uh, if you've seen the V off our Volume 4 DVD, he shows stacks and stacks and stacks of Neo Geo stuff that they have in Korea. It's amazing. Right. So, it's very plentiful. You can find the games that you want. Um, really hard to tell the difference sometimes between bootleg MBS carts and real ones. Agreed. Um, so mm-hmm. you have to be careful with that. But if it plays the game you want, I guess it doesn't matter that much at this, this point. Um, but yeah, MBS system is a great system to have, especially for people who only have one arcade cabinet. If you right. only have one cabinet, it's great to have that because you have multiple games in that cabinet, right, Tim? For sure. It's a multi-game. Absolutely. And we've had a lot of, um, a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of great games on the MBS system. Most people remember, like, Metal Slug very fondly, or the King of Fighters series, mm-hmm. or, um, you know, Samurai Showdown obviously is a big one with that. And so there's a lot of great games that are associated with the MBS series, too. Um, definitely, for most people, I think, that only want one cabinet, uh, an MBS system is really good for them to go with. I think so. so. Let's see what we got. Robbie says, what is the knocker thing in the coin door of Midway Caps, Tim? So um, the knocker thing uh, is that the is there like a um, tilt I think he's talking about the tilt bobber, yeah, where it keeps people from breaking in the cabinet and getting free place. Yeah. That's what the object what uh, of it was. Um, yeah. Um, and delusional says it's an alarm switch, and I think tilt bobber because it looks like a tilt bobber that you would find in a pinball, pinball game. Yeah. It looks very similar to that. Yeah. So that is to keep people from breaking into the game. Basically, right. if you break into the game, then you know it triggers the alarm, and then all of a sudden you know you're busted. Right. So hopefully, so that's the idea behind that. Uh, let's see. Worst classic game ever. I'm voting for Kangaroo or Airwolf. <laughs> Worst hmm. classic game ever. Do you? I actually kind of like Kangaroo. I'm I'm, I'm kind of partial to Kangaroo. I, I like don't Kangaroo. know that. Um, I'm just trying to think um, of something that I just don't like to play much. Yeah, and, there, I um, mean, I man, can almost find. I, I can almost find anything that I like to play. I don't have I don't have too many where I'm like, oh, I really just don't like that. Yeah, we can open um, that up to the chat room yeah. if y'all want to want to throw in. Um, I mean, most of the games I in, I mean, most classic games I enjoy playing, even if they are not the best games, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I was trying to think. Kangaroo, Kangaroo is not bad. Uh-huh. Um, Airwolf is fine. Operation Airwolf is fine. Uh, let's see. I don't know what else. Try. I, I, it's not coming to me. Obviously, most of the classic games I think about are all ones that I love. So right, it's really, me too. Yeah, exactly. It's hard it's really to think hard. of any that I just. I mean, there are probably some that I just didn't play a you lot. You know, like um, some of the like billiard-based arcade games. Like yeah. I don't get that because it's like I'd rather just play billiards. Like, yeah, I real, think so. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that's like, a good. I mean, that's a yeah, good one. I mean, so some of those, um, you know, because we see some classic versions of that. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Um, yeah, because any game I say, somebody out there is their grail or their, exactly. their, you know, so. To each his own. There's not too much, but he mentioned Kangaroo, and I kind of like Kangaroo. Well, I was like so looking. I was thinking about we like had all, one. It was fun to play. I think about all the Williams games. It's like I like most of them. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, I was trying to think if there's one that I I don't like as much as the others. I mean, but they're all pretty entertaining. And then I think about like the Midway games. You know, um, I'm not a huge Robbie Roto fan. I know that that you know some people like that. I mean, it's okay, I guess. Yeah. Um, if I'm thinking about Midway games, I don't know. We'll think about it and see if we can we can come up with some more there. Yeah, um, if I think of something, I'll say it. 
Big D Retro, if I wanted to create a multi-cade using a PC but keep the working CRT monitor from an arcade cabinet, is there anything special I need to know in order for this to work? You will need some way to convert the um, 31 kilohertz PC signal to a 15 kilohertz PC signal, or to a 15 kilohertz um, RGB signal like what you have on an arcade monitor. So um, there's a Gombus conversion board for that that you mm-hmm. could use. You could use, uh, you could do a, there's video, there's a software there's software that'll do that as well that will fake the 15 kilohertz output on your video card. So there's software solutions for that. Um, the Gombus is probably the most common because it's, you know, what, 30 or $50. Um, I don't know if Ultimark still sells the Arcade VGA video card. That's another way to accomplish that, stuff like that. Um, there's a lot of different ways to do it, but software seems to be the big one people like to use now. There's, right. I forget what software programs are out there. There used to be soft 15 kilohertz, but it's been a long time since I've used anything that does the conversion like that now. And that may still be one that you can use, but it seems like most people, when they're doing that, are going the software route. But the Gombus board, if it were me, I'd rather have a hardware piece. That's just me. me so, too. I mean, you know, I'd probably go with the Gombus board over anything else, but it's kind of up to you. You just need the VGA to RGB converter board that does the 31 to 15. VGA to RGB output. So, yeah, I'll throw a game in. I'm starting to think the more I'm thinking about it, I don't like regular Mario Brothers that much. Oh, really? It's kind of boring to me. The oh. regular Mario, not well, yeah, Super Mario Brothers. Well, yeah, but when you're with somebody, oh, yeah. it's fun. It's fun with. It is fun with two people. Yes. But but it's not my favorite. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I probably would choose a lot of games over that. And that's just a personal okay. personal opinion. Let me see. Um, going back to the live show here. Russell says, happy birthday, Tim. Thanks for helping all of us collectors with great information. Well, thank you, Russell. There you go. Uh, let's see. Hayesville Arcade says, thank you, guys. The, you're the best. I will keep watching and liking your page and videos. I like that, too. Thank you. So, um, oh, Delusional says Groovy Mame. So, Groovy Mame probably does the software... 15 kilohertz output as well. Okay. So there's a lot of different software ways to do that now where there weren't in the past. So Groovy Mames is probably a great way to do that as well. Uh, let's see. Joe says, Kangaroo needs a jump button. I just don't get the jump uh, with up stock and uh, climb the ladders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's hard. Are. It's difficult. It is difficult for sure. Uh, let's see. Oh, Real Hammer Billy Lee says, unfortunately, Ultimark discontinued the Arcade VGA, but um, but I use an Arcade VGA in my cabinet. Yeah, that used to be the way we did it. It's been a long time since we built a MAME, For obviously. Sure. Um, so, but Groovy MAME, I think, it, like Delusional said, is definitely one that I've seen. And there's a lot of other software programs out there that can emulate that 15 kilohertz output. So you just need something like that or the Gombus board to accomplish the same thing. Um, Joe says, Versus Mario is crazy fun, Tim. I'm not going to argue. You see, I love the original Mario Brothers. You're going to start getting some hate here. I know. I'm going to get hate on me. (laughs) That's okay. It is fun. It is is fun. fun. I I agree with you. It's more fun with two people. Well, Pong is more fun with two people. For sure. Yeah, I mean, everything is more fun with two people, for sure. So, but I'm just saying, the original Mario Brothers, there's something there. So, anyway. Tim, let's move on to... Oh, hang on real quick. Delusional says, if I owned a kangaroo... I'd have no problem drilling in a jump button, uh, and then I'd re- rewire jump to, uh, to two, uh, two into up. So oh, you'd make okay. it to where the jump button was the up button. You could do that. That's not it a would bad be idea. Possible. Exactly. So, okay, Tim, let's get to Steve real quick. Then I think we're done with okay. that. Hello, I recently recapped the PCB on my Asteroids Geo Five Eight Hundred Two vector monitor. Now everything seems to be working fine. However, I am getting a I am only getting a portion of the screen. Okay. The top two inches don't appear to display. It's almost as though it's a dead spot on the screen. 
I've tried to adjust the X and Y pots on the main PCB in test mode, but it seems to, but it has no effect on the top of the screen. Nothing I've done seems to have an effect or an impact on the top couple of inches of the screen. Any suggestions? Do you think the CRT is bad or could this be an issue coming from the monitors PCB and high voltage system? Thanks, Steve. Now, Tim, we've got Steve here. He recapped his Geo 5 um, vector monitor. So it's right. a black and white electro home vector, vector monitor that he has in his asteroids. And after the recap, it sounds like he's now missing the top two inches of the screen. So I assume he had that before. Right. Because the way he said <sighs> Well, he, he also said that it's better. Like, I don't know if it was completely out. Right. Or what. So that's that would be my first question is, uh, was, was that part of what he was attempting to fix? Right. Um, so for, for the sake, let's assume that the two inches were there before, and now they're not. Okay, right. let's just assume that. So, if that's the case, what do you think is going on with this Geo Five? What does he need to do in order to get those top two inches restored? Well, I think he's on the right track with a cap kit and stuff. So he needs to go back and make sure he didn't get any caps backwards, or there was any issues with the cap kit job that he did. Uh, now, having said that, I don't know that there's exactly. Um, the spot kill, killer, killer screen caps, a lot of people talk about those that may not have been in his kit either. Gotcha. And so you need to make sure there may be some cats, caps that normally people don't replace so they didn't include them, but there may be some caps you still need to replace. Uh, let me just say something. When I was in, um, when I was in high school... One of my teachers my senior year said that if you ever go to a college class and it says study um, review session optional, you need to read that as review session mandatory. Right. Okay. I'm going to say the same thing about filter caps. Uh-huh. If you see a cap kit with filter caps and one without filter caps, you read that as with filter caps mandatory. Right. You get the filter caps every time. Because more than likely, if you're doing the cap kit and you haven't done a cap kit in a while, the filter caps are also going to have issues. Or the power supply, or in this case, the spot killer. Those caps are going to have some issues. And so always try to get complete cap kits because it does make a difference. And and you got to understand when they make a cap kit, they're not testing the caps. Right. They're buying in bulk and sorting them out and sending them out in a kit. So it's very entire, especially this day and age, a lot of those cap kits are not, they didn't come out the press last year. Right. Some of them have been sitting on a shelf for a while. So could be that you still have a bad cap even in your kit or that just a random cap still gets bad. Still sounds like a cap issue to me, but it's either a cap that didn't come in your kit one that you did or that you did it improperly, that would be my guess. So are you, th- now you, th- you mentioned the spot killer. Are you thinking the spot killer circuit may be what, what's causing this somewhere in that area? Yes, okay. uh, exactly. I think that's what he needs to look into is specifically that circuit. Okay, in that section. Yeah, okay. in that section. And I know you're going to probably post a link where it goes in a little more detail. Um, same link we would use if we were working on one, which we don't work on as many black and white monitors as we do color color monitors but at the same time we have had a lot of success using this so maybe it'll help you sounds good okay i'm gonna go ahead and put this up here tim so we can show steve so the big question like we mentioned tim was was the two top two inches missing before the cap kit right okay so so based on your description i'm kind of assuming that the top two inches was there right okay and then it now it's missing so this would seem to indicate an issue with the cap kit either with the installation of the caps or the caps themselves like you mentioned right 
Okay, so we recommend going back through the monitor and checking all the caps to make sure they were installed properly and that their connection to the board is good, to the chassis. Uh, check specifically, like Tim mentioned, in the spot killer section as these caps have been known to cause problems such as the one you are experiencing. Also, check out the black and white vector monitor FAQ, which we highly recommend. This is a really good document for people who are troubleshooting black and white vector monitors. Uh, there's a link here, and it's also down below in the show description. You guys can go there and check it out. Um, but... Here's what you can also do if you have an ESR meter, Tim. You can also check all those caps to make sure they are good. Because right. it is possible, like Tim mentioned, you may have gotten a bad cap. Maybe. Okay, very possible. So if that's the case, an ESR meter will help you check those and make sure that they are working properly. Okay, Correct. So, um, so you may just want to do that just to see. But for the most part, Tim says focus in on that spot killer section, and that's going to be probably what's causing the problem. More Tim, than likely. Anything else for Steve Yeah, it's here? pretty common, but that... I said, same thing we would use if we were working on one ourselves. I don't have all that memorized. I would go through that, and I think it will help you. Sounds good. So uh, hopefully that answers your question question there, Steve. And so if you have anything else, please let us know. Please contact us if you have any other questions. We'll try to help you out further with your monitor issue. Okay, Tim, here we go. Um, let's go back over to the live stream here. Oh, Steve. Uh, Steve is here. Okay. There you hey, go. Steve. He says, spot on, guys. Two of the small caps in my cap kit were faulty. Okay. There you go. Um, after replacing those two caps, I am now getting full screen. Much appreciated. Awesome. Oh, okay. It's always great when people fix their games, right? Very good. Like Tim mentioned, cap kits will sit on the shelf for sometimes years. Uh, and right. So you just never know what the quality of caps that you're getting. So glad to hear it, Steve. Glad you got your issue taken care of. And so glad that we... Well, it sounds like you got it before we could get to you. I wish you could get to you faster. We try to get to the questions as fast as we can, but we're glad that you got it solved. And thanks for getting back to us that you solved the issue. Yeah, and letting us know maybe this will help the next guy. Absolutely. Uh, Joe says, I have a cocktail space firebird with a 13-inch Sega monitor. When I am playing the game, the lower part of the monitor goes off screen. And when I move the ship all the way to the left or right, it goes off the screen. Any help would be appreciated. So it almost sounds like your picture may be overscanned. Yeah. Like it, you're, maybe your, um, your, your vertical and horizontal size may be too large. Yes. So what you may want to do is see if you can dial those in. Now, um, vertical size a lot of times can be adjusted on the chassis. A lot of times you'll have like a, a vertical size adjustment. Horizontal size you may not have. You may have to adjust the horizontal width coil. Mm-hmm. Okay, so or or put on a horizontal width kit. You may have to install one of those as well. And so, in order to get the horizontal size smaller, if it's vertical size though, a lot of times you will have an adjustment on the board to change that. You can also try your horizontal and vertical frequencies or syncs if mm-hmm. you have those adjustments on your chassis to see if those make a difference as well. Tim, anything else there? No, that's good. Good answer, John. <laughs> there you go. You're, you're right on it. Russell says worst game: Michael Jackson Moonwalker. Oh, man. I love that game. I'm going to say, on the music alone, we have yeah, to go exactly. that way. <laughs> so I love Michael Jackson Moonwalker. It's creepy as all get out, but it is a really fun game to play. Save the children. Yeah, exactly. I spent who knows how many tokens in that game <laughs> at my local arcade. So I wish I still had one. I have a kit, but I don't have a cabinet. Let's see. Joe says, Vector makes me want to stick uh, to... To sticky head in bucket and screams. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sometimes it can. Uh, they're a little bit different than what you get with roster monitors for sure, Tim. So make sure uh, make sure you check out some of those FAQs like the one we posted. That will help you a lot with your troubleshooting on vector monitors. Uh, Big D Retro. Let's see. The Gumbus board that you mentioned, how is that spelled and where do you find one? Gumbes. So G-O-N-B-E-S. And Holland Computer sells them. HollandComputers.com will sell you one. 
Um, I think Arcade Shop may have them as well. Um, arcade Parts and Supply may have it. Right. Pretty much a lot of Arcade Parts suppliers are going to have them. Um, and I can't remember what the model number of that one is versus the model number on the the um, the reverse one that you use for LCD monitors. Um, the one that you do RGB to VGA is, I think, the 8200. Okay. The GBS-8200, but I'm not sure what the... Um, well, now that you know how to spell it, it'll yeah. be pretty G-O-N-B-E-S. easy to Google. G-O-N-B-E-S. And there's a lot of knockoffs of that, so they're not. it may not be a Gone Best specifically. It may be a knockoff, but knockoffs usually work just as well. I haven't any problems with them. But Holland Computers does sell them for sure, so hollandcomputers.com or retroarcade.us, one of our um, one of our premier suppliers of parts. We like right. uh, Bill and his team over there, so hollandcomputers.com, love to send you there. Uh, let's see. And Delusional spelt it for you there as well. Oh, and Joe said it's the 8330 or the okay. 8300 series will be the one that you're looking for. Well, the 8200 you, series, I believe, is for um, RGB to VGA and the 83 is for VGA to RGB. So there you go. Yeah. Oh, and um, actually, um, Delusional says the 8220. So maybe the 82. I always forget these model numbers. Um, it's a red board, typically. Okay. I can tell you that. The other one is usually a green board. So that's the difference between them. You are like, I believe, I know it's a red board for the for the one. Anyway, so yeah, the Gonbus board though, you'll make sure you get the one that converts the VGA to the RGB though, not the go. other way around. So and you'll be you should be able to tell the difference if you look at them. So okay, Tim, I think that'll do it. I think we're okay. caught up on the live chat. So let us move to our next question in the outline from Fav. Okay, Fav. F-O-V. Yeah, All from right. SA. So, Fav says, Hi, I have a Killer Instinct 2 arcade machine, and I was wondering if you guys could help me out with this problem. Okay. Everything was working fine. Then I decided to turn the machine on, but the only thing that turned on was the marquee. Okay, there was no picture, no sound. I tried with a different board and had the same issue. Then I noticed my old power supply fan was not spinning, so I just turned it off, unplugged it, and left it as is. Do you guys think it's the power supply? So, Tim, um, I think this is pretty clear-cut here for Fav. we got a Killer Instinct 2, marquee light, no picture, no sound. <laughs> exactly. Tried a different board, and same result. Yeah. So what's going on for Fav? Well, I think he was really on the right track. Yes, I think it's your power supply. That would be the simple answer. Because a lot of times those marquee lights are running off of AC voltage. And so just by plugging it in, you'll get a marquee light. But when you get nothing else... There's nothing else being switched or turned into other voltage that would light up your other things. And your monitor's probably wired into that power supply too. So that would be definitely um, the place to start. Now we should say that just because your fan is not running does not necessarily mean your power supply is bad. No. We've seen working power supplies without working fans. But it is an indicator that it may have some heat issues. Right, Tim? Correct. Yeah, so when the fan dies, obviously the parts that are inside the power supply, which is a very compact area, will get hot. And without the fan to cool them off, they have a better chance of failure. Right, Tim? For sure. Doesn't necessarily mean the power supply is not working, though. You could have a power supply working without a working fan, but it is an indicator that that could be the case. So, Tim, I'm going to go ahead and throw this up here because it's pretty simple on, on this one. Power supply is definitely the first place we would recommend to start on this repair. The fact that you're getting the marquee light when you turn on the cabinet means that the AC voltage seems to be working properly. No picture and no sound is usually either related to a power supply or board issue. Now, he swapped the boards, so we know that the board is probably good. The boards are probably good, but they're just not getting power. Considering the game was working and then just stopped, we would also lean more towards a power supply issue because of that. 
Like we said, the fan not running does not necessarily indicate the power supply is broken. Try checking the power supply to see if it's outputting the correct or any voltage. If it's not putting out voltage, replace it and you should be back in business. If the voltage is good, it's possible that you could have a game board problem. But again, you swapped out the game board. So that would seem to lead us more back to that power supply issue. Now, Tim, probably an ATX style power supply, which I put a picture over here to the left hand side. And so he will need to... You will need to check it via the connector. And Tim, the color codes on that are pretty self-explanatory. I say self-explanatory to us, but I mean, usually your black wire would be a ground. Black or green usually indicates a ground. Red usually indicates like a 5 volt. Yeah. Yellow usually in- indicates like a 12 volt. And so you will need to unplug the power supply from the cabinet and check it at the connector, which is a little different than what we show in some of our videos, right, Tim? Yeah. Now, you do want to make sure that his, that his back door is shut. That didn't anything come jarred loose where it would trigger a kill switch. Sure. There also is maybe a switch on your power supply itself, but the chances of that just going and and failing or somebody switching that, unless you're in there working, if there was a little bit more information you had said, I went in and cleaned it or something, I doubt that's the issue. Uh, we'll just start at the power supply and we'll go from there. Well, and if it was an interlock switch, Tim, I would think we wouldn't get marquee light. Because a lot of times, yeah, the interlock dead. switch will go up to the top and then will go to the power switch and then over to the marquee light. Right? A good point. And, so, and then come back down. Very good point. And so if it were an interlock switch, I would think that it would be, we wouldn't be getting marquee light. But okay. it's always possible. So just check your, your um, power supply. Make sure it's outputting correctly if it's not replace it if you need to may want to check the voltage input on that as well make sure we're getting 120 volts in very important right very good so five hopefully i answered your question and good luck getting your killer instinct 2 back up and running tim great game very collectible now a lot of people like for sure i say uh, a lot of people are probably jealous right now (laughs) absolutely so there you go so good luck getting that back up and running five so uh, back over to the live chat, Derek says, can you swap out the power supply fan? I have a noisy power supply fan in my open ice. Sure, if it's the same voltage, yep. that's the key phrase. And the, basically, you need the same size. Yep. They usually have a pin connector on the main uh, power supply board for those ATX style ones. Mm-hmm. And you just need to take off the pin connector and put it back on. If it's not a pin connector, then it'll be like two soldered wires. Right. And you can check the voltage there. To see what that voltage is and then just buy a fan that's the right size and the right voltage and replace it. Right, Tim? Yep. Pretty so, simple. Very good thing to do for preventative maintenance. Because like we said, the inside of a power supply mm. is very compact and, and it gets very hot in there without right. a fan to get that heat out. You do you do risk exposing your parts to excessive heat and maybe For sure, if you got a working game but the fan is not working, I would replace it as soon as possible. There you go. And it's not hard to find those fans, Tim. You, you no. can measure the size and then get the voltage off off of it while it's running. So, there you go. Let's see. Oh, Geeklight08 says greetings all and happy birthday, Tim. Thank you. There you go. We got another one. So, Okay, Tim. Let us move to Andy. Okay. Okay. Andy says, please see the attached photo of the screen on my Mario Brothers cabinet, right. which Tim has already denounced as his worst game ever. <laughs> I, 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 I would like... I, I would, did not say that. <laughs> I would appreciate any advice you have or could direct me to an article you've already posted. Yeah. Best regards, Andy. So, Tim, we can see the picture here. I'm going to leave it up for just a second so everybody can kind of take a look. For those people who aren't watching this, though, looks like a scrambled screen, right, Tim? Yeah. It's very much out of sync. Yes, absolutely. So, um, out of sync is definitely how we would say this. Um, uh-huh. You know, a lot of people, we see it described a lot of different ways. Scrambled screen or... I always say it's kind of like uh, if you grew up in the 80s and you didn't have HBO, 
but you could go and kind of watch it, and then occasionally it would come in and for a second, and then it would scramble. <laughs> it would go out of sync, and I know none of you guys were doing that back in the days, <laughs> but um, very common uh, that when a monitor is out of sync, it's just not, basically we're going to say it's just not dialed in and right. Right. So it definitely looks like a syncing issue. So Tim, with that in mind, uh, what can Andy do here on this Mario Brothers monitor in order to get it back playing great? Well, the first thing that we're going to do is check the B-pulse voltage and make sure that uh, you got 108 if it's a uh, volts DC, if it's a Sanyo 20EZ, which it probably is. Sure. Uh, I want to check the pin for the sync wire, make sure it's making a good connection to the monitor chassis and that the wire from the game board of the sink is connected properly. So sometimes just moving your wires around, if it picture gets better, could be a wire wiring issue. Uh, sometimes at this point, uh, if it just won't, uh, you're able, you're able, not able to change that by adjusting some voltage or um, anything, then sometimes it's time to do a cap kit at this time. And we've talked a lot about Sanyo monitors in particular, Tim, how cap kits solve a lot of issues with these monitors. Mm-hmm. And so um, when we have an issue like this where it just won't it just won't do what we want it to, a lot of times we will recap it. Now, when you recap it, make sure that you check the B-plus voltage right off the bat because it does seem like the B-plus voltage changes. So make sure that after the recap, you're still getting 108 volt, volts DC there. But other than that, recapping it does solve a lot of issues with Samyos. And then um, both um, Joe and Delusional said horizontal frequency is a good one to, mm-hmm. to check as well. And we would agree with that. And, Tim, a lot of times we assume that people have already done some of those adjustments. Right. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we can't assume. Try the horizontal frequency on the monitor. Make sure that it is when you turn it, see if you can dial it in for sure. So, okay, Tim, here we go with, um, with the slide here. So it looks like your Mario Brothers is out of sync. You can try adjusting the horizontal hold or frequency like we talked about to see if it makes a difference. We'd also recommend checking that you have B-plus voltage at 108 volts DC. Make sure that's correct. Okay, check that the sync pin is making a good connection like Tim mentioned to the monitor chassis and that the wire coming from the game board to the sync pin is connected properly. Otherwise, it may be time to install a cap kit. Cap kits solve a lot of problems with Sanyo 20EZ monitors. Make sure that you get a kit that includes the filter caps. We already said that tonight, Tim, right? For sure. For sure. Make sure you do that. So that is very important. So, just as Tim, why are you watching that stuff on your 80s TV? <laughs> so, ex- exactly. Watching all the scramble screen stuff, Tim? Yeah. Well, yeah. I just heard rumors. I oh. don't know. Oh, okay. I don't know the specifics. I just Got know it. that some people stayed up really late to try to see, <laughs> you know, try to see some stuff on HBO back in the day. But, um, you know. If only you had that horizontal frequency that you could just dial in, right? <laughs> right. There you go. So, Andy, hopefully answers your question. Let's try that horizontal frequency first or hold. Make sure you can't, you can't dial it in with that before we go on to the B-plus voltage and sync pins. And then, ultimately, a cap kit if we have to. If you need additional help, please let us know and we'll help you out further. Okay, Tim. Well, it's that time of the show where we do the quick question and answer section. So we have a couple of things here tonight, and uh, we'll go ahead and put them up on the screen so everybody can kind of see them here. So we have three, just like we normally do. First one's from Sean. He says, hello, I was wondering if you came across this issue. I have a battle shark, and only the background and noise show up on the screen. So battle shark with only background and noise on the screen. So no character sprites is what we're assuming. Um, We have another question from Greg, the Regzer Show, here on YouTube. He says, I have an, an arcade on carpet. A few times I've had the issue of building up static electricity. I will touch the joystick and the whole game will shut down and restart. Okay, is this normal or what's going on? Okay. And then we have Jason who says, How many arcade games do you have to own before you cross the line between crazy hobby to crazy hoarder? 
Okay. Asking for a friend. <laughs> okay. Okay. So we've got Sean uh-huh. with the Battle Shark with no background, with only background and noise. Greg with some static electricity issues. It sounds like, and Jason with where do we draw the line between crazy hobby and crazy hoarder? So okay. Tim, let's take this first one here with the Battle Shark. Okay. So Sean has a Battle Shark arcade cabinet, and it sounds like he's only getting background and some. Uh, let's see what did it say there. Um, some noise shows up on the screen. Yeah. He may not be getting the character style sprites that we're used to. What can he do in order to? troubleshoot that well that game. you're always going to check your voltage but that's pretty in, in indicative of a board issue sure and so you're gonna if it's got a test mode you can run a test mode and maybe it will show you which uh chips are bad but um you probably got a board issue you can watch our video on troubleshooting game or, or troubleshooting inspecting arcade board. board thank you and uh, But I would really try to see if it will let you get into test mode. That may help you. Absolutely. Greg, um, okay, grounding. Okay, we kind of talked right. about this earlier. He was saying that sometimes he will touch it. He'll get a little shock. Game will restart. What can he do to avoid that happening in his arcade? Well, that's exactly what we were talking about earlier, Greg, is that, that making sure that from the wall all the way through that your game is properly grounded, especially up there to that joystick. Now, I do know that it could be... Um, that you, or, or, you know, if you shuffle your feet sometimes, and, and sometimes you build up static electricity, that could be the opposite problem where your game could be grounded, but you're not grounded very good. Right. So maybe a, 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 a rubber mat right in front of your game or something might help to control some of that, but probably is a grounding issue inside of your game. And then we had Jason. Where do we cross the line between crazy hobby and crazy hoarder, Tim? Not How you, many cabinets does it take? I, you know, I don't know the answer. It's kind of like the licks to the Tootsie Roll Pop. It, there's no, there's no clear cut answer because <laughs> um, I don't know anybody I've met that has just went too too crazy because we we love them all. <laughs> but at the same time, I would say you know we've had to make this choice though. I think this is actually a good question because. If you're just holding games in storage and nobody's playing them, um, then maybe maybe we are crossing that line. You should have games that you play, and we're we're as guilty as anybody else. Uh, we're always something we're going to fix, we're going to get around to, or we got working games that we don't even play. Um, and I, it's kind of sad that when there are people out there looking for games that would love to play it. So by all means, if you're at that point where you got plenty to play yourself and, and you're just hoarding them and storing them, share the love, let uh, cut somebody some good deals. Uh, maybe you need your house paint or something. You can trade some stuff or whatever, it, whatever you need. But um, yeah, don't, don't hoard them too bad. There's plenty of people. There's not a lot of them left, and uh, somebody would probably really love to be playing those. We should also say that there's arcade auctions still going around. American Amusement Auctions is going to be in the Dallas area this Saturday. If you're watching this, um, I believe that that's March 4th, Tim. So if you want to get rid of cabinets, you can always take them up to our friend David. He can auction them off for you. He'll take a cut. But I tell you what, the prices lately at the auction have been pretty good, Tim. Yep. It's been definitely a seller's market. So if you're holding on to some games, wanting to sell them, and want to get rid of them quickly, uh, see our friend David at American Amusement Auctions about that he can get them sold for you and get you cash so which is always great to have so you can go buy something else Uh maybe one of the new pinball machines we're about to talk about right Okay, Tim, well, let me go ahead and put this up here so everybody can see. So on Sean's issue, it does sound like a board issue. Check that the power the power supply voltage is correct. If it is, run the test mode on the board and see what comes back in the report. Tim, I did look into Battleshark specifically, and it does have a test mode. So run that test mode, see what comes back, see if it indicates that there are any that there are any um, bad chips on the board, and then you can go from there. Um, you know, or And you can do all the steps like Tim mentioned and our... In our post on inspecting an arcade board, that will also help as well. 
So, Greg, as far as your static electricity stuff, yes, this is common. In order to prevent this, make sure that your arcade cabinets are grounded properly, just like we talked about earlier in the episode. You may want to run additional grounds to exposed metal panels, such as the control panel, coin doors, right? Anything that's exposed to where um, people can touch it. And Tim mentioned maybe rubber mats is a good solution as well if it's something that you're getting shocked a whole bunch on. So, And then, Tim, Jason, I, I just put, we would say that at the point where you need more than one storage building to hold all your cabinets, right? right. Um, probably getting close to hoarding at that point, I would say. No, I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, you know, as long as you are happy with what you have, that's great. But remember, like Tim mentioned, if you are just hoarding stuff to hoard it and you're not, you don't have really any plans and you're not playing it, why not give somebody else the opportunity to maybe restore a cabinet or to play it as well? So there you go. Okay, is that everything? Now, I was just checking some weather. It seems like in Dallas it is getting really bad right okay, now. Okay, we're still so okay here. We're still good here. A little windy, but I think we're, we uh-huh. may make it. So um, let's see what we got here. So delusional, I think this is with the Mario Brothers. He says, okay. um, let's see, give it the fun smack on the side of the cabinet. If it sinks mm-hmm. up, it could be a dirty pot or cold solder joint. That is true. For sure. So um, cold solder joints account for a lot more <laughs> issues than I think we give them credit for. Um, we talked about that before. Anytime you have a monitor on the bench, really great idea just to touch up all the solder. Right, Tim? For sure. Michael would always tell us that, and he would always do it. It was yep. his practice. So, you know, that's a, a great place to start, even before a cap kit. Our point is, like, if you're going to pull the monitor out and do that anyway, just do the cap kit. Sure. Because it's like you already got it out, and it's just easier <laughs> to do. But if you don't want to go buy the cap kit right now, and you have the monitor on the bench, just touch up all the solder on it. That can make a lot of difference. So, um, Joe says, my adult son says, 10 games. Turns you into an arcade nut. Okay. So there you go. Um, Geek Light says four. Okay. Well, that's pretty low. That's how I was saying. <laughs> um, Joe says, if you're on this channel, you ain't holding non-working. <laughs> so, well, here's the deal, though. I still have non-working cabinets in storage because you know what it is, Tim. It's time. Time and space. Time yeah. and space are two things that are very hard to come by. And so uh, when you have little kids and, you know, we're running in like four different directions all the time, it can make it hard to work on stuff. So sometimes you just want to hold on to what you have until you get mm-hmm. time to actually work on it. Totally understand that. And with prices the way they are now on the high side, Holding on the cabinets is not not, not a bad idea. idea. Right. right, exactly. So, okay, I think we're caught up, Tim. Okay, you know what that means. All right, it's your birthday. Hey, it's time to open the gift. I've been saying, are we do we not? Uh, we're giving away something too. So you have to open all, it up first. I have to know. Yeah, I have to let them know what it is. Well, right? yeah, you have to open up the box first. Okay, so can I get? Do you I can grab get the it? box. All right. And I should I should mention that I got a kind of a birthday. You don't have hat. to wear the hat. I, I just That's put right. the hat there. There you go. I didn't have a birthday hat, so Tim wears the birthday fedora. There you go. All right. That's a party time hat. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah. That's how you party. All right. You look like a guy who likes pina coladas and getting (laughs) caught in the rain. I do. I'm just saying. So. All right. So there is a card. Yes. I always get cards. This is from me to you. All right. Thank you, John. You're welcome. Happy birthday. Today, we celebrate you. And I'll take this off of this bother. You don't me. have to wear it. All right. Says, Closest thing I had to a birthday hat. Hope you have an awesome birthday. Your friend Jonathan. So thank you, John. There you go. I tried to get something 80s looking. Like, it kind of matches, the card kind of matches the motif we're going for. It here. does. Okay. I dressed up. You did. I, I noticed off the bat that you're yeah, this is your a little party. extra jet dressed That's today. Right. All right. So we definitely have a brown box. I always make it easy. <laughs> Oh, yeah, and it's not taped up, so... Not to, well, uh-huh. I have I have to make it easy for you to open. All like, right. I can make it as easy as the TV stuff. Okay, so we'll just pull out, pull out one at a time. 
So, and, uh, before you say anything, this man is notoriously hard to shop for. Uh, <laughs> like, I ask him what he wants, and he's just like, whatever, whatever, whatever. Right, I'm, like, I'm not I, picky. I, I, but I'm like, I can get you what you want, but whatever. Okay, so anyway. All right. Well, Go. one of the things I mentioned that it wasn't necessarily a want, but a need, is I needed a new pocket knife. And so you got me a nice, very nice folding knife. Oh, you sent me the Snap-on one. I always need a knife. Right, you sent me a Snap-on one that was very similar, but okay. they were out of stock on that. So the cool thing about this one is you'll notice it has something with it. It actually has a um, a Phillips head with it. Oh, okay. On the, Built into the handle. Okay. Which is handy. Cause very handy. You never know when you're going to have a Phillips head screwdriver. So screw. starting off with a, pocket, a nice pocket knife. There you go. And then uh, we'll say those for last. Sure. And then this is a universal socket. Kind of like So have the, you tried this? I have heard of this. I actually might have had one. They used to call it a gator grip. Right. And uh, so it's a universal socket, and you just use it, and it basically grabs all to any head yeah. and stuff. So definitely I have not used them. Something for some, the toolbox. Right. It was something that I was like, I don't know if Tim has tried it. I have, and I had one at one time, and I think it, it did get lost. So, so I have not used this in a while. But thank you. It's really good. Especially if the screw head's kind of rounded right. or not perfect or anything or just a weird size. Yep. You know, that can definitely affect you. Now, people know I get you shirts. Yes. <laughs> shirts are almost a given with you, Jonathan, but these are some really cool ones. Yeah, I like these. So I like these a we'll lot. we'll hold this one up. The first one, it says uh, Flynn's Arcade. We all know what that is. I really like the colors I on that really one. I really do. And I like that one, I was about one to too. say, in the Flynn's Arcade, you know, obviously, trying. Tron callback, we love that. Now this one, you know, just cu- just because you know it's a birthday thing. Ah, okay. So this one says, "I'm not old. I'm, I'm not ju- just old. I'm ju- I'm retro. I'm retro. And it's right. got actually a little Pac-Man ghost there yep. too. And uh, this these are really nice. Thank you, Jonathan. There you go. What a what great gift. So somebody is, we're giving away something. Which we're giving one away is it? the universal socket. Okay. So if you want. Tim just opened up a universal socket. So these are, you know, this is made to go from one quarter inch to three quarters inch. Basically any socket in between. You can do this. Or if you're looking at metric, a seven to a 19 millimeter. So you can do all of those without having to bust out your entire socket set. Right. Right. So if you would like to win this, you can send an email to contest at arcaderepairtips.com. Now, make sure you put your shipping address in there because we're having a problem with Ron where we're trying to sync up here. So put your shipping address in there, and you'll also need the passcode. And, Tim, what is your passcode going to be? So contest at arcaderepairtips.com. Send an email with your shipping address and uh, the passcode. Birthday. Birthday. Which makes a whole lot of sense. So, <laughs> birthday is the passcode. So, one lucky winner, if they send an email to contest at arcaderepairtips.com with their shipping address and with the code birthday in there, will receive a universal socket. Okay. Which is really cool. So, a very handy thing to have in your toolbox. Tim, it also comes with the adapter. So, if you have a screw, if you have the quarter-inch um, screwdriver that has the swappable magnetic tips uh-huh. on the end, you can use that with that. I can this think of, as well. Um, I can think of one particular instance where, like, half of a bolt head had broken off. And I used a tool just like this and was able to grip it. And still, it was really rusted and everything was able to get it off with this. So it does come in very handy and uh, or just a good one to have in your car where you don't have to carry a lot of other tools and stuff. So the way it works is there's little pins in there and it will grip and or expand to whatever size that it needs. So one socket covers a lot of stuff. So this is a great gift. 
So thank you, Jonathan. What a yeah. what an awesome birthday. And again, win one contest at arcaderepairtips.com. Your shipping address and the code birthday somewhere in the email. So there you go. You can win one. So Universal Saga. Happy birthday, Tim. Thank you. So well, you it's a good birthday. Yeah, so we got we got you a couple of nice gifts there. So hopefully those are nice and we decorated and everything. Um, I had a balloon pop on me last night when oh. I was blowing all these up. It scared me half to death. I think it was one of those green ones up there. All right, like I have a green and blue up there. So um, no problem, though. Everything's okay. Well, we should we should mention ahead of time that you could leave the decorations almost up because my birthday is in March. Yours is coming up in April. April. That so. is correct. By the time we do the next live show, though, my birthday will have passed. It'll be two days past, actually. That's all right. Which is fine. We can still celebrate. Right, exactly. We'll mm-hmm. still celebrate. But, um, yeah. And I think we're going to do the Mario movie. So, um, for my birthday, we I think we're going to rent a theater, maybe, and do that. Last year, we did Sonic the Hedgehog, too. Okay. So, I think oh, we may try to do the Mario fun. movie this year. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. So, yeah. we'll see. We're still trying to work out the details and everything. So, for those of you guys who missed what Tim got, I'm going to put it up here. The links down below are there as well, if you would like to buy these items. So, we got the Flynn's Arcade t- t-shirt. We've got the I'm Just Retro t-shirt. We've got the heart two and a half inch pocket knife, and that's the, the size that you wanted, Tim. Like you had sent me, like I said, the snap on. I tried to find something that was um, similar size, very similar size. Yeah. Um, it has a limited lifetime warranty on it. Nice. So I don't know what happens. I, I guess if it gets damaged or something, you just ship it back to them. I don't know. It'll last. Me and a long then time. the rack universal socket tool, which of course you can win if you send the email to contest at arcaderepairtips.com, shipping address, and the the code word birthday. So, <laughs> The password is birthday. So there we go. So nice stuff. And the links are down below in case you want to buy something as well. Tim, I really like the Flynn's Arcade shirt. I, I I really like that one a lot. Yeah, I thought that one's totally different, but I like the retro one too. Yeah. So that's well, good. you know, that was a birthday one. It kind of went with the birthday theme. Yeah. So um, I like that one. You can wear that one next month for the live show mm-hmm. or something like that. Okay, well, happy birthday again, Tim. We it's will funny, move on. Uh, we All were right. actually at a 7-Eleven today. I was doing an audit. And if you guys will, maybe we'll talk about it a little bit in a li- the live show, but yeah. you guys know they have a lot of arcade theme coming out. Uh, 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 hold it. We'll okay. talk about it here in a second. All right. Actually, so, no, go ahead. Here, we'll just, well, anyway, we just I'll come back to it. Well, 7-Eleven is coming out with this stuff, and and uh, so one of the people that said something, and, and uh, they said something, somehow it come up that it was my birthday, and uh, so they sang happy birthday to me. They were really funny and nice. And one of the teenagers said, hey, wait, are you older than Pac-Man? And so I'm like, yes, I'm older than Pac-Man. So <laughs> I, I said, I actually probably came to 7-Eleven and played a lot of Pac-Man. But go ahead with your story. That's good. There we go. So this is the story here is that 7-Eleven and Pac-Man give fans the chance to take their gameplay to the next level. A 7-Eleven cross Pac-Man collaboration is happening. 7-Eleven will temporarily rename some of their beverages, have a contest to win some home arcade setup, uh, like arcade cabinets, uh, an air hot hockey table, stools, rugs, and other accessories. And so merchandise based on the crossover. You can buy the merch today on their 7collection.com website. The collaboration looks like it will run through May of this year. And I want to get me some of that Clyde coffee, Tim. Yeah. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> I want some Clyde coffee. Yeah. Or um, I forget the cherry the cherry um, uh, Slurpee is named after one of them, too. I can't remember which one. So probably, um, I can't remember. I think it's Clyde. No, I thought Clyde was the coffee. Oh, Clyde coffee, Blinky. It may have been Blinky Slurpee or something like that. The red one specifically was named after a... They haven't all got all their stuff in yet, but it's it's coming and they know about it. Yeah. I did see the Clyde coffee. So I'm going to give me some Clyde coffee. Yeah. It's it's supposedly a special blend. Oh, I like 7-Eleven coffee. I love it. a couple of times. Pretty good stuff. So do you usually get it? I know you do a lot of audits for their stores. You get you some 7-Eleven coffee. Yeah, normally I don't... um, 
you know, we're not allowed to take food. It's kind of considered a bribe, but they always say we can take a drink if they offer. And, of course, when I'm at 7-Eleven, I always say, yeah, a lot of times I'll say, you want some coffee? And I'm like, sure. So, so we should mention the last time that they had a, um, a promotion like this, Tim, we did not even have a 7-Eleven anywhere here. Right. And now 7-Eleven has basically taken over every single one of our, our, of our convenience stores. Now. I have, have you noticed this? I had zero in my area three, five years ago. Now I have 27. Oh, yeah. Every single There's, convenience store is now 7-Eleven, it seems like. And uh, three brand new ones in Longview. So. Golly. So it's cool, though, because I've yeah. always wanted to have a 7-Eleven. I literally have one around the corner from my house now. Right. <laughs> which is nice. So at some point, I'm going to go get me some Clyde coffee. So for sure. But uh, looking forward to seeing what else comes out of the 7-Eleven Pac-Man collaboration. So I don't know if I'm going to get the shirts. Although some of the shirts look cool. I almost ordered you one. Okay. Almost did. But I'm like, is a 7-Eleven Pac-Man shirt cool? Yeah, sure it is. You think so? Yeah. Okay. Whatever you say. <laughs> so, okay. Let us go back uh, to the rest of our discussion section here, Tim. I want to jump to that because you okay. kind of jumped ahead on us. But I do want to tell people about <clears throat> a special in-store kids workshop this Saturday... Okay, between 9 and 12 p.m. at Home Depot. So if you're watching this, it's March the 4th. Okay, okay. so if you're, or you're listening to this. So if March the 4th has already passed, you missed it, I'm sorry. But if you want to build a pinball machine with your kids, select Home Depot stores are offering an in-store kids workshop. A pinball machine event for free on Saturday, March 4th, between 9 and 12, 9 a.m. and 12 p.m. when you register for the workshop. To register, visit the link above. Scroll down to the in-store kids workshop box and click the registration link. And Tim, you can see a picture of it here if you're watching the video. Looks pretty cool. It does look cool. And some of the people, when we posted this, said that their um, sign-ups were all full. Wow. In their area, which is pretty, pretty crazy to think yeah. about. But I can see why. It's a cool-looking thing. Now, obviously, guys... This is not a fancy pinball <laughs> right. machine. It's very basic. But it may get them interested in a machine or, exactly. or what is a pinball game. Right, exactly. So, so um, it's a great way, I think, to introduce. And, Tim, they do these kids' workshops every month, like the first Saturday of the month. I nice. Think. So you can always sign your kids up for these. And it's just a, a – it's free and it's fun and it's a good way for your kids to start working with their hands. We, we, we put tablets in our kids' hands all the time. Very rarely do we ever put tools in our kids' hands, I feel like, Tim. So this is a good way put some tools in your kids' hands teach them some skills about woodworking and how to build things it's very important very so, good um a great but this one caught our attention specifically because it was a pinball machine if any of you guys go to this with your kids we want to know how it turned out yeah, for take you. some so, pictures or yeah, something let us know how it turned out and you can uh email us or leave a post uh, leave something in the comments section here on this live show or um, post it on our facebook page something like that and let us know how it goes for you Tim, uh, I don't know if you knew this, but pinball is illegal for anyone under the age of 18 in South Carolina. Did you know that? No. Yes. So pinball is illegal for anyone under 18 in South Carolina. Oh, wow. So now a new law looks to change that. We posted this on our um, on our social media pages, Tim. Due to old laws on the books in South Carolina, anyone under 18 playing pinball is breaking the law. I did not know that. Pinball was associated with gambling almost 100 years ago, with many states banning the game for anyone. That ban went away, but came back as a prohibition on the game for anyone under the age of 18. A, be- a bill to repeal the law has now been introduced in the state house. Isn't it crazy that we have... Laws on the books that prevent minors from playing pinball. That is crazy. Yes. So it looks like this will get overturned, Tim. But it is pretty hilarious that there are still 
people out there are still laws on the books that would prevent people from playing pinball if they're minors. That is crazy. And I've been in South Carolina recently, and I did not know this. So I'm going to make sure I go. Like anybody enforces this law. I am going to look for those kids breaking the law. Citizens arrest? Yeah. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) So if you, you know, again, hopefully a lot of these bills are being you know, replace Tim. We're not going to see a lot of them on the books. But it is funny. And Tim, there's still laws on the books here in Texas as well that are pretty funny. I think, um, what is it illegal to slander vegetables here, I believe? There's <laughs> some other things too. So depending on where you live, you may have some crazy laws on the Can't books. Can't paint a horse. Yeah, something like that. Now, Tim, this is par- apparently pinball release season. Okay. Did you see, see all the pinball machines? It seems like quite a few are coming out. Yeah. Really so let's, interesting Let's ones. talk about all of these. Now, all of these links to all of these trailers and teasers are down below in the in the show description. So you guys want to watch them, you can. We're just going to go over them briefly here. So, new pinball releases. We have Foo Fighters from Stern Pinball. Now, we think it's the Godfather from Jersey Jack, Tim. I think everything indicates it's the Godfather, it but we're not 100% like. sure it's the Godfather. But guess what? We're sure enough that I'm going to say it's the Godfather. <laughs> okay. okay? <laughs> and then Galactic Tank Force by American Pinball. So these were the three big announcements. Several pinball manufacturers have announced their upcoming releases. We have Foo Fighters from Stern. We have the Godfather from Jersey Jack. We have Galactic Tank Force by American Pinball. And it does look like Foo Fighters and, a Galact- and Galactic Tank Force will be available to play at the Texas Pinball Festival on March 24th through 26th, which is this month. Right. Okay. Wow. So this month is crazy busy for me. So I don't think I'm going to make this year. I hate that because it's been so long since I've been. I feel like yeah, it's been forever too. and I really want to go. But this month has been, it's crazy, get out busy. So I don't think I'm going to make it this year, but I really want to play Foo Fighters, Tim. I'm not a huge Foo Fighters fan, but I know enough of their music to 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 want to play. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And then The Godfather, I started thinking about it, Tim, that this seems to be maybe the first not-so-family-friendly theme from Jersey Jack. Maybe. Would that be safe to that, say? I think so. Because, I mean, you think about everything else that they've done. We've got Wizard of Oz, we got Willy Wonka, we've got um, Pirates of the uh, Caribbean, we've got... Um, uh, what's the phone one dialed in? Yeah, we got uh, Toy Story Four. I think right. this may be like the first one that's not as family friendly. Okay, if it is the Godfather, but at the same time, the Godfather seems to be a very big license, right? Yes. I mean, golly, I they're so. still making content based on it. The offer on mm-hmm. Paramount, Tim. Have you seen that? It's no, like I about seen it. it's a it's a series on the making of the Godfather. Okay, it is a movie that has stood the test of time. Very still very popular with a huge with a huge base of people so i do think it's going to be a, a big boon for them even if it's not a family friendly title okay so and then uh, galactic tank force actually looks pretty good as well okay. so um and i i believe that one is designed by dennis norman tim ah so um we will see his design at the texas pinball festival i'm sure all this stuff will be on youtube i'm sure people will put up all the videos and everything like that so you guys can check them out so Interesting. um but i am looking forward to seeing these games i am not in the I am not in the market for a new pinball machine anytime soon, Tim. Me either. Um, I've got two kids that I'm, you know, I've, I've got to take care of and other things, college funds and, and car payments and everything <laughs> else. So, um, but for those of you guys who are, more power to you. Right. Go buy some games. So there's definitely a lot to buy. Uh, Joe says, can we please stop rock band pinballs, please? So here's my, oh, now, Guns N' Roses from Jersey Jack right. is not necessarily so family friendly. True. But I mean, it was Probably more family friendly than The Godfather, right? Probably. So, um, but I I don't mind any theme as long as the game plays well. I think. Yeah, I have learned it's all that. about gameplay. Yeah, if me. the game plays good, I'm not so I'm not so concerned about the theme. That said, I would not buy a pinball machine if I did not like the theme. I wouldn't True. put the money down on one if I didn't like the theme. 
Mm-hmm. I would play one if I don't like the theme. Sure. That's fine. But as far as actually placing money on something that I didn't like the theme on, it would take a lot for me to, to do that. So I agree. So I do feel like the rock band pinballs are overplayed. I feel like they use the same template over and over and over again a lot of times. It does um, feel that way. Right. And that's that's the only downside to that. But if people keep buying them, guess what? They're not going to change. Nope. Okay? Mm-hmm. If people Somebody keep buying them, them. They're, exactly. they're not going to change. Foo Fighters is at least a more recent band than what we've had with some of the other stuff. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, so that's good. Maybe we're moving in a good good direction. So there you go. Um, but I am looking forward to playing all of these. I th- hopefully we'll get a chance to play all of them at some point. I need to go with you like when you're... Uh, we need to, You and me just need to go up to like um, Free Play in Dallas or something like sure. that and just go play a whole bunch. So... Now, Tim, we had one satire story that I thought was really funny. Okay. And I think a lot of people on the social media pages thought it was funny, too. Um, it was from harddrive.net, and it says, Cool driver's ed course uses cruising USA machine. <laughs> okay. okay. So it's important to gain experience before you go out there in the real world, said Ray Hagen, owner of Hagen's Driving School, which consists of the 1994 Midway coin-op machine and a couple of desks in his garage. And once you've logged 20 hours in Cruising USA, everyday traffic seems slow and boring. It's like you're driving on easy mode. Plus, if you think you want to be a bus driver, we've got you covered. You just have to pick the bus before you start. <coughs> and you just got to like, know the secret codes, right, to get the bus. Right, tomorrow, exactly. Right? And I just love satire sites That's like funny. these, like the Onion and Hard Drive, uh-huh. these kind of stories. And this one was coin operated, which I thought was really good. So um, uh, it was funny. I think a lot of people got a kick out of it. And uh, and I was, I was, when I saw it, it even made me laugh. Yes. So there you go. <laughs> um, I tell you what, though, Tim, seriously, trying to get into, um, like, get your license now is a chore, mm-hmm. apparently. I mean, a lot of people have to wait months. Right. Before, even to renew your license here in Texas, I yeah. saw people are waiting months. So it's crazy. I don't know what's going on. So, But um, hopefully it's not that way with where you are. Hopefully it's very easy to get I always you. said if somebody wanted to run for Texas governor, their platform should be, I am going to revamp the driving thing. So here's the deal. I went to the DMV to, I mean, to renew my license last year because mm-hmm. mine had actually expired and I had to go in person. And I had an appointment that I made probably four weeks in advance, so about a month. And guess what? I walked in, and got, right got in. it, and walked out. That's crazy. It was so fast. I'm like, it, look, if I have to wait a month for my appointment, but I can walk in and walk out, I don't care. Right. Because at least I don't have to wait. I did not have to wait. Oh. The lady at the front was like, do you have an appointment? I said yes. And she's like, okay, go to window one. Wow. It was that fast. And she looked me up on the appointment thing. Had that was it. it. I, fantastic. And I think they did that during COVID. You know what I'm saying? Now, we don't live in a huge city. We have like maybe 100, 150,000 people somewhere in between there here. So it's not like we have a big city here, Tim. So, but I did, I do have my new driver's license. You got me thinking. It's my birthday. Oh, it is your birthday. Let's see. Don't show people your license. I know, but I need to see when it expires. Um, Yours expires 25. Okay, two more years. years. So now mine doesn't expire, I think, for 10 or something like that. Isn't that that crazy? Yeah, exactly. It's like I have to go back in 10 years or whatever it is. I had to make sure. Yeah, exactly. So on this um, cruising story real quick, Joe says hard driving, race driving literally started that way. Yeah, exactly. Those were supposed to be driving simulators, right, Tim? Wow, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, sometimes you can start out that way, so... Well, I think that's going to do every... I think we've covered everything for the episode, too. Okay. So let us go ahead and just and just wrap it up here. We do want to remind everybody we want your arcade-related videos. If you want some free advertising for your YouTube channel, we're looking for people to submit short videos, 10 minutes or less, about arcade-related topics. Send a link of your video to questions at arcaderepairtips.com and our staff will review it. 
If we like it, we'll use it during one of our live show episodes. Make sure you put a plug in for your channel so people will know where to find you. We look forward to seeing your submissions. Now, the other thing I do want to remind people is if you would like for us to, like, let's say you have an arcade-related channel and you'd like for me and Tim to come contribute to your content, we're more than happy to do that as well. Send a, Just send us an email at questions at arcadeapprenticeships.com and we'll come on your show. In a lot of cases, you can have us on and we can talk about whatever arcade topics you want to talk about. Right, Tim? Correct. Because we can work it around our schedule usually. We have some wiggle <coughs> room and things. We are busy, but um, we can make it work if, if, uh, if you want to. Our whole goal with this, Tim, is to help channels who maybe have a low view count, not monetize now, to try to get up into that monetization realm to where they can make some money on YouTube. For sure. That's what we want to do. We want to help you get more subscribers. So if we can do that, please let us know whether that's you contributing your content to us or us contributing content to you. So there you go. And then we have our contact information. We have our general email at questions at arcaderepairtips.com. Questions at arcaderepairtips.com. Uh, if you would like to get it on the live show, make sure you put live show in the subject to get it mentioned on the show. Otherwise, we will get to it when we get to it. But again, that is questions at arcaderepairtips.com. The primary way to get in touch with us is to email us at questions at arcaderepairtips.com. We have our YouTube page at youtube.arcaderepairtips.com and uh, comments from the last live show will be covered on the next episode. So if you leave any comments on this one, we will try to cover those on the next episode of the live show. That'll be 74 in April. So um, feel free to leave your comments about this episode down there. We would love to hear them. And if you are listening to this on the audio podcast feed, if you we only put the main live show on there. If you would like to hear the after show, you will need to go to youtube.arcaderepairtips.com and look up... A, Look up episode 73 and then fast forward to the after show to see that. And then we have our podcast feed, which contains live shows, interviews, question and answer podcasts, etc. And you can subscribe to that at itunes.arcaderepairtips.com. That's our iTunes page. You can also do it at Spotify at spotify.arcaderepairtips.com. Or on our Stitcher radio page at stitcher.arcaderepairtips.com. And if you are on iTunes, we would encourage you to leave us a review if you like our content. And if you don't like something, please send us an email and let us know what you don't like. Maybe mm-hmm. we can fix it. We love constructive criticism. Notice I said constructive. Right. So there you go. <laughs> um, but if you are happy with the show, gotten a lot from it, please leave us a review on iTunes at itunes.arcaderepairtips.com. So... We also have our social media pages where all the stories that we talked about got posted. We have our Facebook page at facebook.arcaderepairtips.com and our Twitter feed at twitter.arcaderepairtips.com. And pretty much the same content gets cross-posted on both platforms. So you can follow us on one, follow us on the other, or you can follow us on both. Again, that's facebook.arcaderepairtips.com and twitter.arcaderepairtips.com. And as always, we want to thank community manager Mark for posting a lot of great pinball content for this month. For sure. Uh, He's always good about keeping up with the latest happenings in pinball and he (coughs) done that and um, we want to thank him for all of his work there and i'm sure he'll be giving us some updates from the texas pinball festival later in the month so stay tuned for that well tim i think it's about time to wrap it up um i will remind everybody of the contest here um again if you would like to win one of these universal sockets okay like this one like the one i gave tim for his birthday you can do that by sending an email to contest at arcaderepairtips.com put your shipping address in there along with the code word birthday birthday so, and make sure you send that. And we will pick somebody at random and we will ship them this nice universal socket, which is very handy. Especially for taking off bolts. You don't have to have a whole socket set. You just have one socket. Mm-hmm. So, uh, very cool there. Tim, we want to wish you a happy birthday again. Thank you. So, it is Tim's actual birthday today, guys. Yeah. So, um, and Tim mentioned, like, the last time we had a party for him was um, 
when we went to the XFL football game. Uh, we did. Yeah, back in 2020. So uh, it's been a while. It's been a minute. Yeah, just a little <laughs> bit. So, um, but, you know, we've had good times since then. We celebrated more than, you know, several birthdays since then. And so um, hopefully you have a really nice weekend birthday as well. Kind of hanging out with so. some family and things like that. So, uh We'll, and I guess I'll see you back here next month, if not before. Do you have any travel plan between now and then? Uh, I will be heading to New Jersey a week after next. Uh, I know Dale, I emailed you, Dale. I haven't heard back from you yet, so check your spam in case it went there. Uh, I'm going to be flying into near Philadelphia and then um, working all up and down the Jersey Shore. Uh, so several locations all up and down the coastline there. Uh, so that'd be week after next. So if you are living in any of those areas and you would like to hang out, uh, maybe uh, show me a, a cool arcade nearby or something like that. I would love to visit with you. Um, that's all the trips I have booked so far, but I have a feeling that there's going to be more soon because um, they just keep asking for help all over. And the more things I'm trained on, uh, the more they're liking to send me. So uh, mm-hmm. anyway... So I'll be headed to the Jersey Shore. That'd be the week of March 12th through the 18th. Okay, and I will, again, remind everybody, uh, Ron Phillips, if you're out there, you won the cassette tape and the cassette player from the last live show. Please send me an email at questions at arcaderepairtips.com with your shipping address so we can get that out to you. Okay, is that everything? Did we get everything? I think oh, yeah, so. Delusional says yes. Let's hook it up. Okay. So there you go. I hope so. Okay, well, hopefully your travel is good. You have to tell us all about it when you come back. Yeah, I would like to take some pictures. And, uh, you know, I just came back from Fort Myers, and I did, I really wanted, there was a couple really cool arcades there, and I didn't feel too well the last night, so I decided not to go in case I was getting sick. Um, So um, hopefully I'll be heading back to Florida. I know I will be in the summer sometime. There you go. Uh, And we do want to say that we do have the after show coming up right after this mm-hmm. as well so tim can talk a little bit more about your fort myers trip right yes and then we will also talk about super bowl because yes. we both watched the super bowl right so we can talk about that um other sports talk we'll be talking about well <coughs> new movies and tv shows we're watching tim i saw ant-man oh okay. so i will talk to you about ant-man a little bit awesome um and you saw Jesus Revolution. I did see Jesus Revolution. Highly so, recommend. So we will talk about some of the movies we saw in theaters, as long with some of the TV shows that we're watching. Um, spoiler alert, one of them is The Last of Us. So um, we will talk about that. But um, other than that, I think uh-huh. that's about it. So if you're watching live or if you're watching it after the fact, just you can fast forward to the after show here. We're gonna. It's usually about five to ten minutes after we wrap up the normal live show. And again, if you're listening to this on the audio feed, you will need to go to the YouTube video for this episode to check out the after show. But Tim, I think that does it for the regular show. Anything else you want to say before we sign up? No, off? just thanks everybody. You know, um, I'm, I'm not one that I tend, everybody likes a little attention. I tend not to, to want it, but you know what? It really is nice to be appreciated and all the happy birthday wishes and stuff has been a great day so far. And so I do appreciate you taking the time. And, you know, I, I think about it, how that, um, you know, because of Facebook and things, I got friends, I never knew what their birthday was. Sure. But now when it comes up, it doesn't take but a second. Uh, I would encourage you when uh, it is somebody's birthday, it always makes them feel good. Everybody wants to be recognized or appreciated or 
feel, feel loved on. So thank you guys for showing me that love today. I hope that you enjoyed this show and stick around for the after show. We'll, we'll talk about some more fun things. Sounds good to me. Well, guys, thanks for joining us for the regular show. Stay tuned for the after show if you're so inclined. If, but if this is your off-ramp, we understand. We hope that you have a great month. We'll see you back here in April. And remember here at Arcade Repair Tips, when you fix the game, you play the game. Take care, everybody, and we'll see you soon. Thank you for watching this episode of the Arcade Repair Tips live show. All of our past episodes are available on our website at ArcadeRepairTips.com or on our YouTube page. This show is intended for entertainment and educational purposes only. Please consult a professional before attempting to repair any coin-operated machines yourself. The preceding program is a Varcade Entertainment production.